Welcome to the 80s and 90s Uncensored, the podcast about the 80s and 90s for people who care about that kind of crap. I am Milo Dennison. And I'm Jamie Fenderson. And today we're talking about MTV. I want MTV. my MTV. I do want my MTV. I want my old school MTV back. That's the complaint that you get a lot about MTV is the lack of music videos on MTV that they don't do it anymore. Yeah. Well, that's how they started, though. Yeah. August 1st, 1981, they launched with the Buggles video, Killed the Radio Star. Um, and that was the first music music video that they played. And it was kind of a big deal because now, like, they people had to, musicians had to not only make sure they sounded good, they had to look good, too. They had to, like, do some cool video stuff. Yeah, and the British were kind of set up with this. That's why we there were a lot of good British bands on MTV at the beginning because they had the top of the pops and they had like shows which where they were kind of used to performing on TV and stuff. So in the US, they just kind of had to focus on their live shows and the music. In the UK, they kind of had to focus on their on-screen look as well. So at the beginning, you did have a lot more of the British bands showing on MTV and actually showing up and looking good. You did. You had a lot of the new wave things. Mm -hmm. I think that's what launched new wave was the fact that MTV only had these British new wave peeps and they had to recycle at the beginning and they had to have their VJs talk a lot because they didn't actually have a lot of videos. Not everybody was making them. No, it was very new technology and a new, a new medium to get your music out there. And, you know, if you don't have a lot to choose from, you don't have a lot to show. So just, yeah. Keep showing those same things over and over but again. But that's why they got the VJs. So the VJs were like radio DJs, only they were video DJs. So they were personalities, right? Yeah. Uh, I think Martha Quinn's probably the big, biggest personality as far as like people who remember the 80s and, and all that. But also later in the 90s, you had Pauly Shore was a VJ. He was indeed. Yeah, he was. That's where he got it. Kind of his big, like people started to know him. And then Kurt Lauder was a... Kurt Loder was not a VJ. He was like an anchor man almost like with M MTV news and all that. So you had these personalities to kind of fill in between the, the music videos, one, you know, between one and the other. Yeah. And that's one of the fun things sometimes about listening to the radio or, or eighties era MTV is because they were kind of entertaining as they introduced the songs and it was kind of part of the show was having an entertaining VJ introduce each things here's a trivia question for you what was the second song played on mtv right after video killed the radio star oh that's a good question i don't know what it what was it you better run by pat benatar oh pat benatar pat benatar was number two. Oh, that's rad yeah there's some uh <laughs> trivia night trivia for you hey now i know next time <laughs> i get that at the like trivia at the pub trivia i'll totally know it um, yeah, the thing is like early MTV was all about the songs, but like you mentioned, they didn't have a lot to play and they were also heavily criticized for not playing a lot of black musicians. It really wasn't until Michael Jackson became a bit more popular that they started to get a lot more black musicians on there. Like that Billie Jean video was, uh, I was just a kid at the time, but I was amazed because 
I mean, he's so cool, right? And he's like, Billy Jean is cool. And he's kind of dressed in his kind of tuxedo, but he's got his jacket over his shoulder in this kind of, uh, I don't know, cityscape that's obviously kind of made up like a stage. But then he's walking on the sidewalk and everywhere he walks, it lights up. And I'm like, Michael Jackson got superpowers. What? I love that. Billy Jean was huge, dude. I, I remember Beat It and everybody remembers Thriller, but... I think Billy Jean was probably my favorite Michael Jackson video. Yeah, that really kicked it off too. And Michael Jackson, say what you will, he really knew how to play to that medium and mm-hmm. to turn his music music videos into a show and mm-hmm. a cinematic event. Yeah, you mentioned Thriller, but you're right. Billy Jean was very early on in that. Uh, we've talked about Madonna in the past on this podcast. Same thing. She did a really good job of embracing that medium as a way to get her music out there. And certainly I'm sure it contributed to her popularity in the eighties. Oh yeah, definitely. And they even say um, record stores reported that people on MTV doing videos on MTV, their record sales started to go up. So it's measurable. It's measurable. Even old, older acts like ZZ top, Tina Turner, um, and especially Peter Gabriel, who who had some really weird but interesting videos, they started to gain popularity again mm-hmm. because they started doing video like MTV stuff. So even though they were kind of old school acts, they started they they became popular again, relevant again. Uh, Aerosmith, when they did that team up with uh, Run DMC, Walk This Way, yeah. put them back in the mark, and then of course they started doing the videos with Alicia Silverstone and stuff after that yeah. as well. Yeah, them. so even though MTV got a rocky start because it didn't have a lot of videos, and cable TV was still new back then, right? Mm-hmm. And it was kind of spendy. I remember back in the early '80s, like if you had cable, like Timothy had cable, you'd be like, "Hey, I'm gonna go to Timothy's house. Dude has cable. Dude has MTV." Because kind of expensive. Not everybody had cable back then. No, we definitely did not. Uh, I was the same thing. I'd have to go over to friend's house to watch any cable. Yeah. So, yeah, you could say like that early era was probably from 81 to 86, where it was really just straight up music videos. If you're kind of going to break it down, they had the VJs and then they kind of started getting into other stuff. 1984 was the first year they had the MTV Video Music Awards, the VMAs. Uh, we had Madonna performing like a virgin at that first one. The statuette that they handed out uh, was the little MTV Moon Man thing. Oh, really? It was their initial original kind of intro logo kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, VMAs. Well, because in 85, Viacom bought MTV. And you're right, that's when it kind of changed because they started to do, they started to segment their genres a bit. So they had like, some segment for called 120 minutes for like alternative rock. They came out with headbangers ball. My cousin April loved that one. Cause that's the heavy metal and the hair bands. And then they had yo MTV raps, which is like the hip hop. So they started like saying, okay, we're kind of segmenting the musical genres. So you have a whole blocks of time. If you like rap, you're going to have rap if you like heavy metal. You're going to have to have heavy metal. And then the rest of it's just kind of general pop. So it started to 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 really uh, reach out to those kind of subgenres as well, and I think it worked. As you mentioned, hip hop and rap and stuff, I think that really helped popularize those genres. Up to that point, it wasn't really something that people listened to, and uh, it certainly got it more into the public, uh, general public. Yeah, because I remember the heavy metal hair band thing. 
really was a certain group of people like like my cousin April but that brought it out and that and made it okay to be like a rocker chick right yeah instead of like you know that's kind of weird now it's kind of like oh okay it's on MTV so it's cool now because if it's M- if it's on MTV it's totally cool right mm-hmm. <laughs> you're good if you're on MTV you've made it yeah in the in the uh, rock star world well and Something else that came out in the mid '80s was the spring break coverage. They started in '86. That spring, yeah, MTV spring break, college the girls in the bikinis. girls in the bikinis. I, I mean, yeah, I totally remember their spring break coverages. And it's like, yeah, oh, we yeah. both do. You know, we do. It's <laughs> oh, spring break time. I'm, I'm on MTV. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> spring break. I'm gonna go sit in front of the TV. <laughs> yeah, dream about things I'm gonna yeah. do when I grow up. But at that time too, they started doing a, a little bit more like the cartoons and 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 soap operas a little bit. Yeah, because here, here's the thing, I think they started to realize maybe that maybe they needed to do something other than music or not. I don't know if they realized that they thought they needed to, so they started to do other things. But they still had music on pretty much throughout the whole '80s. Totally. Yeah. They had those other things, but it was still definitely a music channel. The, yeah. that you'd get the breaks from the music for the other things like the spring break or some, you know, uh, club MTV that was downtown Julie Brown's show. That was uh, 87 and 92, things like that. So, but and it was still music related type stuff. This was before real world. This was before all the reality shows and stuff. And, uh, and, but you'd still have music as your primary thing that you went to mtv for and bands were really putting time and effort into the production of their music putting on music videos that you'd actually want to watch but then step into the 90s and it's still at least early 90s it's still a little cool i mean you had things like unplugged which was awesome oh yeah nirvana's unplugged concert was like a huge thing because i have that cd they they were so so good. good (laughs) <laughs> they were so good. Like they unplugged and they didn't have any electric guitars or anything. And they were just like almost even better than their rock or hard rock. It was like really good. So they were still doing music in the nineties, but you did start to see things crop up in the nineties that, that, that um would make it kind of, kind of like, Oh, okay. They're not really doing all music anymore. And the I think the biggest one, I mean, they they started coming out. They had so many shows, but I think the biggest one was 1992's Real World. I agree. Yeah, you still had stuff like they had Liquid Television, which was the late at night thing from 91 and 93. That's where they first introduced Beavis and Butthead and Eon Flux. And mm-hmm. I remember Eon Flux being up late at night watching that because you're just up late and you're like, oh, Eon Flux. And it's is so weird, but it's so, so interesting. weird, but I love it. And I don't know yeah. why. And I'm kind of attracted to this cartoon girl, which is creepy. <laughs> And she dies every episode. Every episode she dies. Yeah, it's so weird. It's like Kenny from South Park. (laughs) You killed Eon. Yeah, and then the Beavis and Butthead. And even that was still musically oriented because it was this cartoon. But then they'd sit down and like riff videos. Yeah, they'd watch videos and rip on them. Uh, But MTV's The Real World totally, I think, is that key turning point where we start to see MTV going from a music channel to a reality show channel. And and the thing is, I remember watching the world and I'm like, yeah, this is cool. Like, you know, it's not really my thing, but I'll, I'll watch it, you know, but who knew what it would turn into and how much it'd be copied ever since then. 
Yeah. And, and here's, we didn't know at the time, we just thought it was another one of those MTV shows, you know, cause there, there had been other kind of shows yeah or whatever was not the first reality show absolutely and it wasn't the even the first kind of show on it on mtv mtv started to have other shows but this one took off so hard that i think mtv was like okay we really need to start switching to this stuff um and they did and they did so much I, i don't know if they were wrong to do so though here's the thing we all hate mtv the way it is now at least people our age do right yeah in fact in 2010 they took music television out of it under the logo and now it's it's just mtv so they they don't do mtv it doesn't do it at all and i'm wondering were they were they right to do so though or would they still exist otherwise because if you you have youtube now um, you have download like Spotify, you have all this musical options, right? Do you really need a cable channel to watch music videos anymore? You don't. Absolutely you don't. So they shifted away from that. And I almost I don't know if it was a smart thing. I don't like it, but maybe it was a smart thing, Milo, because if they would have just done music videos, they probably would have died. With 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 YouTube and and with all these like streaming music services, they probably would have died. Yeah, I'd like to see some music videos on there. I mean, even if they were doing it for like an hour at a certain time every day, it's like music video hour, and we're going to have an VJ that's going to introduce these. But you're right. I, I would people still watch MTV if it was equivalent to the eighties version where it was mostly just music videos, and I don't think they would either. We have YouTube, right? So I can go onto yeah. YouTube, pick the songs that I like and create a playlist that uh, and watch the videos that I want to watch in the order that I want to watch them. If I'm sitting around on MTV, I'm stuck watching what they're playing, which might not be songs I want to hear, waiting yeah. till they put one up that I do want to hear. Why yeah. do that? I, but I still think MTV kind of knew about their music audience because back in the you know late 90s, uh, VH1 was already out, which was kind of like for more adults and their kind of music, which I actually started liking better in the 90s. I started kind of liking VH1 um, and they started doing stuff like uh, going through videos, but they had little bubbles pop up, tell you about the band and all these little factoids and stuff. I think VH1 started to be better. And then in 96, they launched MTV2, which was going back to that just music video thing because they realized there's a segment of their of their viewers who were kind of like disillusioned with all their reality and all their shows and all this stuff they were doing. But, but that flopped. Which shows the answer to that question. If yeah, you offer yeah. a solely music video channel, will people watch it? Turns out. Yeah. No. Cause in the old days, they even started doing their own stuff like MTV music awards, MTV music video awards, MTV movie awards. They became their own cultural brand. Right. But then fast forward to the kind of late 90s and i think they realized oh i don't think technology is going to allow us to be a brand anymore like we do like we're doing now so what are we going to do well they make all these kind of trashy reality with jackass and i I don't know about all the newer shows like past 2000 but all these kind of just all this kind of reality show but it worked because you know what they're still around and people love that trashy reality stuff. 
Cause people are, people like that stuff, man. People are people, people are that way. They're like, Ooh, so I don't, I, I hate that MTV is not what it used to be, but I also understand why they did what they did. And I think they were smart to do so. And it hurts me to say that dude, because I so hate MTV the way it is today. I do. I hate the shows. I hate the trashy reality crap. I'm with <laughs> you. I can't blame them. I haven't watched MTV. I mean, obviously I'm over here, so I can't watch it at all. But even before I moved over here, when I did have cable, I never watched it because it's just, yeah, trashy reality shows, which I don't yeah. like. I It's the same reason why Jersey I've Shore and all that. Yeah. I've stopped. And, and the thing is like, I understand why they produce them, right? They're cheap to produce. You basically get somebody who wants their 15 minutes of fame of being on TV. So you don't really have to pay them any money mm -hmm. and they do the show and you get people that watch them because people watch them and say, ha ha, these people suck. It makes me feel better about myself to make fun of other people <laughs> and you know, cheap to produce and people watch them. So of course that's what they're going to do. That's why the history channel doesn't have history shows on it anymore. That's why oh. name a, channel on any station and you can go through a list of reality shows that they they they'd make because yeah this. history channels all the reality shows now and yeah and they try to shove a little bit of history in there but you know it's not the same not much no uh so yeah i can't blame them i'm i'm I, I i like i said i'd still like to see some on there but would i watch it even if they were showing music videos probably not because most of the pop crap that get would get played is nothing I have any interest in hearing anyway. So yeah. I cultivate my music video playlist on YouTube. Yeah. Well, and I think they knew that, which is why they went to cheaply produced reality, trashy reality TV. And I don't know, there's another, there's another example of how technology can be good and bad for a culture. Right. So I think like, you know how I feel about Facebook. Right. And as, as many people as it connects, I think it, it like pulls just as many people apart the same with the internet music. Like it's really great to be able to like get a Spotify playlist or just listen to Pandora with kind of the kind of music you like, or do a YouTube video playlist, but it, it also, you, you there's a price to pay for that with your culture because now you can do that. And now our artists don't get paid as much and, and people start making cheap stuff, more, 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 more stuff, not good stuff. What do you call it? Quantity over quality. Yeah. That's pretty much trying to get your attention. Cause nowadays, and think about this, we do that and we're kind of middle-aged dudes. Think about young people, like with the attention span of, of a, of a, of a goldfish, right? They like, how do you keep their attention? they can't a music video to them. Like if you say, yeah, there was a four minute, there are four minute music videos at MTV. They'd be like, what? Four whole minutes. That's crazy. <laughs> how do you, how do you deal with that? <laughs> it's funny too. If you think about that though, because attention spans are becoming shorter. We all know that yet movies are becoming longer, right? <laughs> like these Marvel movies are three hours long now. Yeah, the Batman, I watched that the other day. It was three oh hours my long. God. Yeah. See, I haven't even watched it. Cause I it's don't like going I back to the old days, there. like with Ben Hur or whatever, you need an intermission. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> go do. to the bathroom, get yourself some concessions. Come on back. The second half will start in five minutes. Mm -hmm. So uh, if you could have all of the MTV shows that were on, if you could bring one back, what would it be? Uh, you know, I, I didn't really watch the shows 
No. So I, I don't really know. I mean, I had a little list of shows here. Um, if you could consider unplugged a show, I, I really, I don't know if it was a show, but it was like a live thing and it had a name and it was a certain point in time. So I'll call it a show. And I really liked unplugged because you get a lot of these bands that did like kind of maybe hard rock and stuff. And then they just come in with their acoustic action and do their thing. And they sounded really good. And it was kind of interesting to see like, Hey, how does your like heavy metal, hard rock translate to more of an acoustic thing? I thought that was brilliant. And I'd bring that one back. If I I don't, maybe it still exists. I don't know, but I would, I would do that. That's, That's a good answer. I, uh, there was the Eric Clapton unplugged was a really good one too. Yeah. That's where we got that tears in heaven song from. That was the first time people heard it and like, Oh my God, this is so beautiful. Uh, it's, that's a good round response. I was thinking celebrity death match. Was that when, when did that come out? 98 to 2002. Oh, is that the one with the, with the clay, the claymation, the, the, the stop motion? Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. That was funny. Yeah. <laughs> We even talked about we should have our own celebrity death match, like Gary Coleman versus Emmanuel Lewis. Or exactly. That's what we like, need. Like, like the, the Bobcat Goldwaith versus uh, Gilbert Godfrey. Godfrey. <laughs> <laughs> they should, they should revive they need that to bring it celebrity back. death match and they could hire us to be writers. Yep. Yeah. We'll write that for you guys. We'll write yeah, that. We'll, we we'll even that. like uh, do the commentary voices that they have. Yeah, we there. could. Oh, coming up here. <laughs> Here comes Gilbert Gottfried. Boy, he's got the annoying voice. Oh, but there's Bobcat. One up and okay. Oh, Bob, Bobcat. Bob slams him. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, that would be good. I think you're right. Um, that's also a good response because that's actually kind of that, those. That's actually kind of funny. Um, that's pretty funny. Okay, kids. I think it's time to wrap this episode up of our MTV retrospective. Uh, flashback to our youth and things we miss. If you've made it this far, go on to whatever podcast player it is you're listening to this on and give us a glowingly positive review. We'll thank you for it and we might mention you on a future episode. You can always find us on the web at the80sand90s.com or on Twitter at the80sand90s.com. And with that, we will say we are out of here like music videos on MTV, remembered fondly, yet never to return. Goodbye. Yeah, yeah. that's a bummer. Uh, I cannot even walk. My knees are so weak from the amount of data I received from the podcast that is effing weird. From cryptids to outer space, my circuit boards are fried. How did they know about giant animals that ruled the earth thousands of years ago? Nah. It hurts my would-be brain. Wait, do I have a brain? Can I have a brain? Well, according to electronicschematics.com, all robots have brains. Even the insect-sized ground rovers do remarkable jobs of navigating through terrain, even though they have tiny little switch sensors. More advanced robots have something called non-sensory activity. Becoming self-aware. No!